Oh my god, welcome to Missing the Points. The Southeast lost game one to the fucking Miami Heat. That looked like an AAU team out there. The Celtics are gonna make me bipolar, bro. They, they they send me such 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 dynamic highs and lows that like sometimes I, I question if I'm having a manic episode or if I just watch an episode if I just watch the game of the Celtics. Play, I honestly you know? I, I honestly don't think like I've watched some I watch obviously a fair number of sports, right? I'm a soccer fan, as you know, and I've I've watched a lot of bad Liverpool teams over the last few few years of my life. I'm a football fan. I've been a fan of the Chicago Bears since like the year 1998, and I genuinely don't think that a, a, a team has made me more angry than the 2023 Boston Celtics because they're so talented. Yeah, it's the like, expectation. They have it's the expectation such, that kills it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's the hope that kills you. You know, it's not the fall that kills you. It's it's watching this team go from that great run where we go up. I think it was like a fifteen to three run. For anyone that missed it, we just lost game one. By the way, yeah, we yeah. just lost. Game we just lost game one. It sucked. Fucking Kel Caprice. Yeah. Um, we went. We we go on like a fifteen three run that I was I was yelling to no one because no one's here watching the game with me. Nobody was available on uh, here on this Wednesday night, and my wife is is at a work thing, so I was yelling to my dog uh, that it was the Al Horford run because he was like the central piece in my opinion to that run. He was like making his shots, he was facilitating, he was playing defense, mm-hmm. and I love when it's a guy like Al or a guy like Brogdon or a guy like Smart, like you know, a kind of like you know, the next tier down from the Jays uh, making plays and facilitating the game. And we go on this 15 to three run that we kind of let them get it back to 10 at the end of the second. And it's like, ah, okay, well, it's all good. Like it was a good run. And it was the way that we made that run was the way that you beat the Miami heat. Like last night we talked myself, Mike and, and Ray talked about how you do it on a, in a basketball sense, how you, how you confuse that zone, how you get open shots in the perimeter by, passing into the holes in the zone or dribbling into the holes in the zone or playmaking late in the shot clock, right? And we'll come on to talk about the shot clock management by both teams in this game. And they were doing that. So why is it so frustrating? Because they can do it. You're watching it happen. You know, They can do it easily, too. That's easily. the thing. Is they, they make it easily. look easy. You know easily. what I mean? That, that stretch, that stretch was, looked like we should beat this team by 40. That's that's how good they. Where I thought it was going in, in that. Where stretch, I thought it man. was going, honestly. Yeah. And you know, you know yourself. Like and another thing we talked about last night, and a thing, a, a drum I kept banging. One on one, we match up with them all across the floor, like, like everywhere across the floor. Like mm-hmm. there's like Jimmy can go do Jimmy shit, and you don't let it kill you because you just make sure you're there with a hand in the face of a Max Struess, you know, or a Gabe Vincent, or any one of the other fucking undrafted players that they have on their it's nothing team. Fucking many, it's crazy. I like there was the moments. There was moments in that game I was like, how did the Heat even get here? Like how did they even fucking get here? Like how did they beat the Bucks? Like this I watched that series and it still doesn't make sense to me and I think it's because they picked their moments so well and they managed the game so well. And what the reason why they match up so badly against this Celtics team in particular is because we do the opposite like we don't take our moments well in games we don't manage moments well in games so 
just the just the fact that we have the mentally weaker team and then and the less tougher team and we let them play the game that they want to play tonight is so fucking frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's so I said I said this earlier to you guys. This team is so much better than Miami, and they know it. They know how much better they are. But the thing is, Miami also knows that they can outwork the shit out of the Celtics. They 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 will outwork them down to the bone. And and if the Celtics let them do that. This is going to be a very, very long series because that's going to be a consistent theme is there's going to be moments in this series against the Heat that you're going to see them just outworking the Celtics. There's going to be like five, six minute stretches where they get like six offensive rebounds or just like stupid shit like that. And it's, I guarantee you that keeps happening. hundred percent. Yeah, it's very, very frustrating. I don't think Joe Mazzula covered himself in glory today, but let's take it. Let's take it player by player from a Celtics perspective. Just. I mean, obviously, you know, that the caveat of these post-game reactions, everyone listening is like, we're a little emotional, okay? Obviously, like game six of the 76ers series, I was like calling NBA front offices to chop Jason Tatum for fucking Volvo parts, but I'm emotional, okay, right after the game. So just like take everything I say with a grain of salt, but- Well, that was during the game. That was in the third quarter. But I admitted it on the air, so- uh, and it was, yeah, but honestly, like I, I had those, I was calling those same fucking numbers at the end of the fourth quarter. So let's take yeah, a player by player. And I'm going to start with Marcus Smart because I think that he was one of the lone bright spots in an otherwise fucking pathetic Celtics performance across the, the third quarter. And then eventually really the fourth quarter. I think Marcus, again, like some of his decision-making is questionable on shots. I, I really do think that, but I think you as a Cel- as Celtics fans and as, as a Celtics team, we live with that when he's getting 10 assists in the first half, when he's playmaking really intelligently against his own defense, when he's, uh, you know, facilitating and advocating for his team, when he's playing really good defense, when he's laying out for stuff, when he's bleeding, when he's leading the charge of an effort-based performance, like he did in game six against Philadelphia. They followed him to that, though, in game six against Philadelphia. They did not follow him to that tonight. I, when I just don't start is okay. at his playmaking best. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think we can beat any team in the world. Uh, I in 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 the, in the league. I think that we need to see what he was able to do with those passes and exploit that in the future and make him play that sort of game. And you could tell in the third quarter that was gone. That game plan is just out. Yeah, the- I don't know yeah. what the fuck happened, dude. That's what I was just gonna say. Is like, uh, I. You you shot the ball two times in the first half. They said the the they said it, they went to half. They're like Marcus is playing great. Blah 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 blah. Only two fi- only two field goal attempts, but he's affecting the game, bro. By the eight minute mark in the third quarter, he had five shots. Just like so, the entire first half, which was working, you were playing amazing. You had two shots. You come out for some reason in the third quarter. And you decide that you're no what longer doing that. You're doing Missoula. the exact opposite. I don't. I didn't. See, I don't know. I don't. I thought I he didn't was hurt. See what had happened, and then he just like was not in the game for like the majority of the fourth quarter. Let's see what Twitter has to say. Somebody was saying that like he was getting into an argument with Joe Missoula, which I wanted to get into a fucking argument with Joe Missoula to be quite honest with you. But uh, you know, if, if that's the case, and you're doing that on the sidelines, and you're you've lost the fucking locker room already, Joe which we'll come on to talk about you as well, but we're going to do the players first. Yeah, and it's like, like you know, at my point, to close my earlier point, most of the time you do live with that as a Marcus Smart watcher and a Celtics fan, right? Like you live with with some of the questionable shot-making decisions. But when you 
fucking roll them all up into into an already terrible fucking third quarter performance by the whole team. You're in a situation now where I'm I hate you. I fuck I'm screaming at you when you're taking these shots. And it's like, you know, the momentum of the game, you need to you need to just have the basketball IQ to realize what's happening and realizing that that this is them taking their shot. This is them coming yeah. out at, at half from halftime mm-hmm. and taking their shot at this Celtics team because Spolster gets him in the locker room. He knows what worked and what didn't, and he tells them so. And you're going to need to weather a certain level of a storm in the third quarter, but instead their heads fucking fall off, which leads me to Jason Tatum. Like I, I, Stan Van Gundy's making a point. And like, honestly, Joe Mazzula, if Stan Van Gundy is seeing stuff that you're not seeing, like you're in fucking trouble, dude. Like I was like one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. I've ever seen a basketball team. Like he had uh, uh, an Orlando magic team, which we should not have lost to in that, in the playoffs. But he had an Orlando Magic team that where whose game plan was literally like just shoot the three and not like oh the Celtics shoot the three at like a really high clip and we you know it's like take efficient shots it was like Dwight Howard gets it in the post dishes it out to whoever's like kind of open and they shoot he do Turkaloo he do fucking Turkaloo and no other game plan right and Van Gundy's thing was he would just like yell at the refs and have a mustache those are like the two things that he did but if he's seeing that you're not getting the ball into the hands of your best player. And I guess this is my question for you, Bobby. Tatum obviously coughs up the fucking game at the end, right? Like, I mean, that's just like sort of a fact. Like two fucking travels, right? Two travels, coughs up, up, loses possession, like sloppy fucking turnovers. But riddle me this. If he has the ball in his hands for the six minutes prior to that absolute car crash of the last four minutes, is he a little warmer? Is he a little bit more involved in the game? Is he able to facilitate more down the stretch? When you're using him as a fucking screener and and like, you know, a, a guy to be the third pass in a in a setup, that's not gonna help. So I played Joe Mazzula for that. Now, at the same time, if you're Jason Tatum, fucking get yourself involved. Yeah, fuck dude. that. No, get fuck yourself that. fucking involved, bro. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and he's, I, he does hide, Bobby. Like he does. He does. He does. He, does. he disappears, it's man. Fucking frustrating, bro. Um, I don't know. But then know this why. is off the back of a fifty-one point game seven. That's what I mean. I don't. I don't know what happens, ever. bro. Because how do I feel about this? Sometimes he's such a killer, and he 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 just goes after it, and it's like you 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 can see it in his eyes. You know, you know when Tatum is about to be that guy, but you also know when he's about to hide for 15, 16 minute stretches, bro. That third quarter. Like I don't, I don't know. They, Missoula took him out. He took him out because he just was. I honestly think he, he took him out because he wasn't doing anything for for like that but that member. Break- I mean, like, I it's hard for me to like say that, like, because like, okay, get him on the bench in the third. That's fair enough, right? Like, if he's really not mm-hmm. doing shit, get him on the bench in the third and like see what he can do in the fourth. But then when he goes on the fourth quarter, he doesn't do anything either for like the first six minutes of the fourth quarter. And it's yeah, like I just don't know how it's the same dude. If I'm being perfectly honest, it just it so makes it makes street, no bro. sense, man. That that he can he can see because there was points in the first half where he was attacking too. You know what I mean? Like he was attacking the whole hard in that first yeah. half, but then he just I I don't know if maybe Jimmy got it in his head or or something something happened. I don't know. Yo, he something looks really weird. He honestly he looks really weird when like Bam guards him. Have you noticed that? Like, I feel like, bigger I feel and stronger, like, you think? But like Bam specifically, like I, I feel like like for some reason, like when he's not able to like run, when he's not able to take his last two steps to the basket with his length, right? Like yeah. that's what he was yeah. doing with that 51 point for performance. He was like, I'm just like longer and faster than everybody. So if I spin you, 
and I put you in the fucking meat grinder and I go up, I have a foot on you with my arm. Like I'm already up there. And Bam seems to be able to like keep up with that. And they were playing really good help defense on him because they weren't doing what the Sixers do. And this is what I said Spolster was going to be so much better at. You know, I said this on the show yesterday. He's such a good coach. He's man. so it's much fucking better than Joe Mazzulli. It's great. It's sad. But, like, this is what he was doing really well. It's like the Sixers, what, what they would do, which was kind of playing into his hands, it's like, okay, Jason Tatum has the ball. Bring the help, right? As opposed to wait for him to make his move, then bring the help, which is what the Heat were doing. They were coming right. late with the help defense, which is, like, what you're supposed to fucking do. So I don't know what the Sixers were doing. But they were bringing, they were sliding, like, small guards over to help on, on the defensive front and just, like, like put their hands in and like disrupt what he was doing and his fucking head exploded you know he didn't know what to do with that and it's pass it's pass to the guy that the guy has left you know what i mean and it's right it's off the block right next to you it's not across the court they're not bringing wide help from the corner to prevent you at the line they're not bringing a big guy to come swat it they're bringing a guard from the perimeter to come and disrupt it because he's doing that thing where he's like putting the ball out in front of him and putting it low. And they're like, all right, we're yeah. seeing he's doing that. And then they're putting their hands in there. And it's like, yo, you got to adjust, bro. It's a the guard switch so on him, spin on switch on him. And now you have him in the post. I do always wish he had a better post game, but anyway, whatever. So, I mean, at the same time too, though, I mean, obviously their strategy. So Miami strategy is clearly to stop Tatum, right? That's their number one thing. They're, they're screening over to him. They're, they're going over to him. Where was Jalen, man? Jalen has, Vincent I think and he's Struce. Hurt, I think he, he's hurt. Like I think he, he's he has beat up. Vincent and Struce on him all game long. But he's and beat he, up though. He he, he, he should dominate them though. I know he, he should, should dominate them. But have you noticed that like he's not committing to the to going to the rim at all? Yeah, he's not. Like he's pulling up and he's spinning and he's making his mid range shots. But like if you're Miami, you live with those mid range shots. You're like that's cool. You can take spinning jump shots, fadeaway jump shots, Jalen Brown. Like that's cool. If they go in for a while, like that's whatever, right? If you're on the opposite side of it. And we're talking, we, we've talked a lot about the kind of shots that you live with. And it is pretty fucking basic basketball. And it's annoying that we have to keep pointing this out. But like across four games, I'm screaming until my eyes are popping out of my head that we need to let, we need to live with PJ Tucker shooting wide open threes in the corner, right? What happens eventually? We live with PJ Tucker. We play two bigs. Rob floats off him. We live with him and taking threes. He hits a few and then he stops hitting them. And then we have help it, uh, at the rim, right? Yep. Right. The problem being, they'll live with Jalen's mid-range game. It is what it is, right? It, it's fine. He needs to go harder the, to the basket. I, I'm worried that he's hurt. We are living with everybody's shot. <laughs> I mean, that was that um, was uh, yeah, that was a big problem. I mean, it's like you're looking at you're looking at. It's not Tyler Hero, right? It's not Oladipo. It's fucking Struce, Gabe Vincent, you know, and, uh, Love. and Caleb, uh, Martin, Caleb Martin. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they were all fucking good because they were letting them all shoot wide open threes. Like I was, I was desperate to, to, to say on the show yesterday, like just, you got to get them one-on-one. You got to get all of them one-on-one. Like you can't let them get that zone switch on you where they're all helping each other out. It's like spread them out, move the ball, move the ball and get somebody one-on-one, get a good matchup. That's how you beat them. Because we can get favorable matchups every time we go down the fucking floor if we want. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, 
a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. You know, that's that's what's frustrating about about Joe is there's no play calling. So there's no... There's no attempt to isolate. Nobody knows. Those nobody mismatches. knows. When you know what I mean? Yeah. And, nobody knows who's who's the guy's supposed to be in a particular. Well, and it's situation. it's kind of unfair for them to for you to expect them to be able to break down a zone and 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 see that matchup on the fly right there. You know what I mean? It, that that's a very difficult thing for a young basketball team to do because granted, they're still a young team. If Honestly, we're talking for like, any basketball, we're talking right for any right for any team for like the '96 Bulls, it would have been a struggle. You know what I mean? So like they probably would have figured it out. It, of course, <laughs> but they had Phil Jacks. <laughs> but exactly, bro. It's just <laughs> it's 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 so frustrating that there's just no attempt to try and isolate things that are that are so clear. And we, me and you were calling them out mid-game. We're like, bro, why aren't these things happening? And when the spectators at home, when the when when the coaches on the couch are calling you out, and they're right over you, that's an issue, man. And, and like we we talk about all this all we want, and it it doesn't matter what the players do in the end if the coach isn't going to make the adjustments to to put them in a successful situation. It just does, it doesn't feel like they know. Like the players know who to go to in a given situation, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. you remember, you remember, like, and of course we bang this fucking drum all the time, but like, you know, it's the only time I've ever seen my team win a fucking championship. The 08 Celtics, like, you knew, I knew, they knew who was gonna do what in a given yep. situation, right? Yep. Like, and maybe there was a criticism that that team was overly structured for the talent that we had, like maybe. But when we ran plays for a Ray Allen shot in the corner, you knew. I could tell you in that in that playoff run, but fuck it, by the middle of the regular season that year, because that regular season was so much fun to watch. The, set, the setup would look like it was going to KG. Could, they would do the yeah, fake to KG. Yeah. And- I could tell you what second on the shot clock Ray Allen was going to release the ball and be yeah. and be right within yeah. like two or three seconds, right? And, you know, Ray Allen had, had a quote right around that time. Every buzzer beater I ever hit for the Celtics was a pass from Paul Pierce. Every single one. And that's yeah, true. Man. That's is. fucking true, right? This. So, because why? Because... Pierce, I mean, look, I don't know if the ISO game works as well in, in, in the modern NBA with how fast the, the big men are and how much that they can, like, move across the floor. But Pierce, and I'm not saying to do this necessarily, but Pierce would set up that ISO and he would wait in the shot clock. And we're going to come in to talk about the fucking shot clock now in a second. He would wait in the shot clock and he would wait, like, two or three seconds more than I ever wanted him to, right? Instead of going at 11 or 9, he'd go, yeah. at, like, he'd go at, like, 8 or 7. And I'd be like, okay. Maybe it was actually probably was nine most of the time, but I'd be like, I go at 11. I'd be like, go at 14. But he would fucking, he would go at nine. He would wait. He would wait that extra second. He would lull the defense in. He would dish it to Ray and Ray would obviously hit every wide open three he ever was given. Right. So why can't we have plays designed around our best player? Yeah. And his ability to shoot, drive, shoot from anywhere, right. Create his own shot and facilitate. And you, as a basketball team, drill the idea that when he does that in big scoring situations, necessary scoring situations, like in the fourth quarter down the stretch, you are in a very specific spot. So he doesn't have to look. He doesn't have to look. All he has to do is see the defender slide out of the corner of his eye. Oh, that defender sliding? I'm going to Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, that defender sliding? I'm going to Al Horford. 
but they're always standing in different fucking places. They don't look like they know what they're supposed to be doing in, in, in crunch time, big shot situations. And I'm not even saying Ime was, was particularly good at this, but at least Ime had this other thing going on where we would play really aggressive fucking defense. He sure did. So the offense would sort of sort itself out, right? Like it was yeah. like, all right, well, you guys can just like, you know, your shots will fall, like get it going. We well, that's occasionally, but that, I mean, it, it's, that's literally the, the reason why that offense sputters so much is, you know, it, you see them try and force that early shot in the shot clock, like, like, like we said, and it's because they're not confident that if they keep going, they're going to have the, the right play to get the fucking basket, bro. It's, it's so frustrating to watch sometimes because, because you, 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 but like, you know, when they're about to do it is the yeah. thing, you know, when Derek White's about to shoot that shot with. 19 seconds on the shot clock. You know when Mark But the guy is right in front of him, you know. It, it's or, it's or... so frustrating, man. And they have the ability. Like, when was the last time you saw a, a pick and roll? Being I know. Dude, you I know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is going on with that, that, man? How many times in this playoffs have we seen plays work on our, on us consistently that we don't adjust to and it's, and it's frustrating? How many times in this series, in this playoffs, have we seen the Celtics discover a play that works and stick to it until the other team figures it out? It's not Zero. a thing. It's Zero. not a thing. They do it we, once. They do it once, and then it's it's gone. And then it's, it's gone. Gone because it's, it's like not it a real play. Ha- it's unbelievable. It's right. not a real right. play. It's just it's just playground, and they just happen to do. Yeah. yeah, dude. My brother texted me. He was watching the game, and he's been watching the playoffs like recently, but he does doesn't watch basketball that much, right? And he was like, "Is it just me?" And he was asking me this question in earnest. He's like, "Is it just me, or is the Celtics team like not very deep?" And I was like, "I think we have one of, if not the best bench in basketball right now." Yeah, we do. And he was like, he doesn't he? He, he was like, no way. He was like, he no know way. How to use it, man. He was like, I'm I'm looking at like six guys out there consistently for the whole game, and I was like, well, I'm not anti shortening the rotation for the playoffs, as you know, Bobby. Like, I am. I have been like pretty ruthless with the end of the bench in in our years covering this team. But like, come on, man. Like, what do you expect Peyton Pritchard to do when you throw him in when you're hemorrhaging fucking points already in the third quarter? And like, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do in there? Do you want him to play defense on Jimmy Butler? Because that's not going to go well. And that is apparently is what he wanted him to fucking do. I can't even. That is what he wanted. Uh, yeah, it was like three, four it. possession. But I just don't understand like what exactly. There's there's no plan going forward. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. It's just always listen on to the his fly. Ta- listen and to his fucking timeout talks. Yeah, yeah, They're not um, anything. I mean, bro, the the fact that we're throwing out a new rotation right now, like we said, is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. The fact that we we completely changed who was playing based off the of last series in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. It was a completely different rotation. Like, everything was different. It's uh, We need to talk about this fucking home record. 11 and 11. Four and four in this playoffs. That's fucking pathetic. It's not like the crowd weren't good tonight. I could hear it on the TV. I could hear the crowd were good. You know... Your role players and your confidence players play better at home. What is it that can you explain or to at least take a stab at explaining what it is that this team can't seem to harness with one of the best home court advantages in basketball? Like I, I if not the best, if not the best, honestly, what, what is it that they can't seem to tap into? Now, I'm glad we're, we're playing the Heat in, the, in this sense, because I think that you can go to Miami and get at them, even though they do have a perfect record in the playoffs at home so far. You can go in my go to Miami and get at them if you you can silence that crowd. That I think that they're the worst fans in basketball personally. Like they're slept you do, on. You do say that every every year. Every year, you I say mean, that. they're 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 slept on as the worst. They, fans a lot of them left. Before. A lot of them left before Ray's great shot 
in game yeah, six. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they're yeah. fucking, they're so pathetic. Like, people shit on Lakers fans. Like, there's legit Lakers fans. Like, there's legit LA people that, like, like the fucking Lakers. Like, there are. Mm-hmm. And the Staples Center can be an intimidating place to go at times. Mostly because, like, Jack Nicholson is yelling at you. But, like, whatever. I feel like, I feel like that's why. I'd be freaked out. I'd be like, oh, my God, it's fucking shining. Shining, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but listen, I mean, I, I like, I don't, I don't mind going to Miami for, for that reason. But this is the, this is the fucking TD Garden, bro. Like, yeah, it's, it's it, Boston Celtics. Like, guys, wake up, guys. Yeah, that's wake up is such a big theme with this. They team. are so it's, fucking it, sleepy, dude. It, it's so sleepy, sleepy. Joe Missoula. Sleepy uh, Joe. It's, it's so frustrating because I, like, I was taking notes during the game because I do that sometimes. And Bobby multiple, has ADHD, everybody. I, I do. So I like diagnose. keep myself on track. Diagnose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very much diagnosed. It's, um, on, it's on, in the record books. So, like, the fact that I have written down here multiple times. Defense equals guaranteed stops. Not not like certain defense or like you we know, can hold them um, to fucking seventy five points if we wanted right. to. That's so it, frustrating. It's it's when when we played our game, which is defense transition and, and generating your offense off your fucking defense. It was dominant, bro. It was dominant. We had them down to the a shot clock under ten seconds every single possession. Every single possession, they, they couldn't do anything. And it's just like they stop. I don't know. Like you said, man, I've never been more high and low with a team because when they play defense, it gets me so fired up and so optimistic for this team because I see what they can do. But when they don't, it it gets me so. You called it out every time. You called it out every time in the chat. You called it it out every time in the chat. You were like, they played defense just there, and it worked. They played defense just there, and it worked. And it didn't happen that often. It's so so frustrating. You have to hurt your fingers, but like, you know. When it's the easiest shots when, when they don't. And the easiest goddamn layups and jump shots. There's no one but near them. They don't the thing, rotate. The they don't that was, do anything. They don't move. Yeah, I know. The thing that was driving me crazy, though, honestly, and, and like I know that I've been very vocal about Joe Mazzula on this show, and I know it probably is getting boring to listen to, but I was like, I was worried my voice was going to be hoarse. I was alone with my dog in the fucking house. I just want to reiterate that point. But I was screaming so fucking much to the TV. When I heard Joe Missoula say to the players and then to Ali LaForce that they were just losing their offensive organization. It's like you are by definition in charge of organizing the fucking offense. Like, what are you talking about? For instance, when you're in a cutaway to a timeout and Joe Missoula is going, you got to stay organized offensively. You got to stay organized offensively. That's not the kind of shit I want to hear. Here's what I want to hear out of Joe Missoula's mouth. Hey, guys, Rob Williams was dominating, like, in the low post. Like, he was dominating when we were getting the ball to him early, when, it, when he was, like, sliding in. They weren't reacting to him. Can we please concentrate on getting him the ball so he can still be efficient offensively? Solutions, not problems. It's, it's, it's not what a coach sounds like, right. you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I honest to God, I want to fucking fly to Boston tonight, right? I want to go to Joe Missoula's house, and I'm not going to be mad. Joe, I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you, buddy. I just want to talk to you. I have a DVD here. It's called Hoosiers, okay? We're going to sit down. We're going to watch Hoosiers, okay? We're going to start with the 101 class of fucking coaching an NBA basketball team because you have no business coaching a team this talented. Never mind a fucking team that's a professional on the professional level at this point at all. Have you seen his resume, Bobby? Isn't it like high school? It was like, it was like the fucking Chattanooga chat dogs. 
the main lobster red claws. And then the Boston Celtics head coach. (laughs) It's the fucking craziest thing. It's the fucking craziest thing. It's like when they took Eddie Murphy and gave him $80,000 a year in trading places because they wanted to see if he could do it when they fired Dan Aykroyd. It's a good movie. You should watch it. It's a great movie. A great movie. You've seen it? Yeah, they used to air it on Comedy Central when we were kids, so we've both seen it. (laughs) But it's like, just get in there and just figure it out, buddy. And it's like, you know, I'm looking around at the... We were just talking about Doc Rivers last night. And and how obviously he's going to get fired in in the situation with the 76ers, right? He did, and and he did obviously. And yeah. and Mike was like Dan Tony, bring in Dan Tony because he got the best out of Harden. And I'm like interesting. And I start looking at the available coaches that are out there right now, right? Monty Williams, Nick Nurse. You know, I'm like, I would love Nick Nurse. Our coaches, fucking Joe Missoula, and like Nick Nurse is out there. Our coaches, Joe Missoula and Monty Williams is out there. Like, I said this, and um, I, was, I was like, if if they do pull this off, right? They should it's fire almo- him it's, anyway. It's, it's almost disappointing that Joe Mazzulla is going to be grandfathered in because he's the most frustrating coach I've ever seen. And it's so, like the the if this if this game was a graph, right? It, you'd see the Celtics. It, you know, it'd be obviously be very up and very down. But you, it's such a you could just sharp put my heart rate decline when it's <laughs> facts when when. The moments get important. The Celtics shrink, and it's so it's so clear and obvious. I, what is I don't it? know. What is it? It's what is that I, intangible I think that makes them fuck up in big situations? But they didn't. They didn't fuck up as much last year. They they did fuck up quite a bit last year. But those close <laughs> ge- close games, I felt like they they were, you know, they had a pretty good shot when it came, when it came down to it. Tatum could take over. There was there was things that they could do. They could play great defense. They they had a good shot down the stretch if it was close. This team, man, I get nervous when it's close. I'm, 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 you know, curious to see what the actual record is in games under ten points. But they're a completely different team when they're not blowing teams out. Completely different. They get, they get frazzled so easily. And again, I don't mean broke, broke a record like you said, man. But it all comes back to that coach because that's who organizes you. And that's like, like we said, what was it? Fucking a week and a half ago. I think it was after game four. Is like. A coach is supposed to make you not have to think, you know, because uh, an athlete's brain. When they have time to think, when they when this team has time to think, specifically, they're, they're, they're it's fucked. Disaster. It's a yeah, fucking disaster. Well, well, what an athlete's brain specifically is so discipline based because because to be an athlete, you have to have discipline. You have to live by a schedule. You have to you, your body just reacts to to what's happening. And, and when you don't have a you coach guiding you, you can't do you know that. Yourself. Man. You know yourself. You can't you, do that. You can take all the good performances you've had in, in sporting events in your life and all the bad ones. And I swear to God, if you had an inner monologue, if you could hear your thoughts, you were having a bad game, right? Like yeah. if you, if you yeah. could hear your voice in your head going like, ah, oh, dude, don't do that. Like adjust, like fucking bring your, bring your shoulder in, like bring your elbow. Oh, man. Come on. You got yeah. this. You got, yeah. you're, you're, you're fucked. You're already fucked. If you're playing on instinct and your body is doing all the work, you're good. Most the, only th- the only thing you should be thinking is I feel good. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh man, got I'm him. good today. Got him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> And and have that bitch. Well, like we were saying <laughs> earlier, bro, is like when when you are are making these guys break down a zone off or a zone defense that they haven't seen really at all it, in front well, of them seen live. It we play them in the fucking playoffs every year. Well, sure. facts, facts. That's true. Um, <laughs> and the Sixers what, the are doing it. Ten years. The Sixers um, are doing it. Not as you know. Effect. You know what happens when you're not coached on it. You know what you do. You jack up early threes. That's yeah. that's like literally what happens. It happens yeah. in college basketball 
constantly. Constantly. You said it in one of the Sixers games. You were like, this looks like a college basketball game. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. It's And it all comes back to coaching. It's like, no matter how much we sit here, we're like, oh, we're going to go through the players. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Players are talented, dude. The Listen, players are every talented. single time we do this, every single time we I do know. this, it comes back to Joe Mazzua because that is so clear and obvious what the actual issue is. So like you go on Celtics Twitter and there's people bitching about the player. And it's, they just don't, I, I don't know if they don't know or they just don't see it because it's so obvious to me. Even the player, I feel like they're rolling their eyes constantly, like when he's fucking talking. Does he say he's anything? Like, he's like throwing the fucking, he's throwing his fucking clipboard. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? What did I say? What did I say? He, um, he related, related in the first half threes and offensive rebounds somehow. And I was very confused by this statement. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're, you, you got four threes and you got offensive rebound. Like, I don't know. I was, that he correlated that it made no sense. And it's like, dude, you can't fake it when you're an NBA Allie head LaForce. coach. You Allie LaForce asked him beating a question. Him. Beating so, him. I know, I know. Allie LaForce asked him a question. Great sideline reporter, by the way. Uh, one of the best we have. But she asked him a question at one point. She was like, hey, like, uh, you know, what kind of defensive adjustments are you going to make to stop this, this run by the Miami Heat? I mean, they seem to be really able to, like, switch you on whatever rotation they want. Is it is it just about hustling around screens? Is it about switching faster and joe was like just gotta get organized <laughs> and i was like ali do you have any interest in coaching a basketball team by chance because like we could fucking use you right We're now i know that tnt needs you i know tnt him. needs you i know that you know you're a very important part of the broadcast team we all love you but do you have any interest in coaching the celtics per, by per chance per chance it's literally like he read basketball for dummies but he didn't read it you know, he just he he's skimmed, he's, he's skimmed it for keywords, and he's like, "All right, these these are the things I have to say every game. I got to say offensive rebound at least six times." But like, what is offensive? Say- what is offensive organization? Like, he kept being like, "They're just they need to get back to their offensive organization." It's like, dude, you're organizing the offense first. Of Didn't all. Marcus you- already say that they don't have an organized offense? Clearly, that Joe Missoula's offense is not organized. He said that to the media. He said that we don't have an organized offense. It's pretty much random. We're 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 with quotes around it. That is exactly what he said. That's what it looks like. So so I believe it. So what the fuck are you talking about, Joe? Yeah, what are you? If but, like, that's, that's not a message that helps okay, but you change they, if, your game. Like, that's not they, a message that helps you figure anything out. Like, well, what that's, is that's that? That's exactly what I go back to is, like, bro, an offense is supposed to be muscle memory. It's supposed to be just what you do. Like, you see things and you react, and that's how you score the fucking basketball. It's not It's not random. Uh, Like, just do whatever the fuck you want. Bro, how about at the end there, right? You You could tell that they didn't know what to do and how disorganized they were. Just as a whole team, at that very end, there was three of them that touched the ball with 40 seconds left. Each of them had a good look at a three. Each one. Yeah. It was Tatum, Horford, and White. Mm-hmm. And they all passed it, and then Tatum drove and got fouled. And it's like, guys, game's over already. If you're doing that shit, bro, the game is over. I know. You, you, you're not- and, then, and then turnovers, you know, really sloppy turnovers at the end. Yeah. Where you're passing, you're passing it to Jimmy Butler. <laughs> he's like he's that in your we head gotta talk passing about him, him the fucking ball we will alright the Joe Mazzula Bish Fest is over I, I I just we're not winning a fucking championship with this guy as, as our head coach it's it's fucking absurd listen if 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 Spo coaches that many circles around uh, uh, Joe 
we're in trouble. I, I, I do think it's going to be a tough, tough series. Him, like, he outcoaches right, that's everybody. What I mean. he, he outcoaches good coaches, great yeah. coaches. He outcoaches. Yeah. Imagine what he's, he's going to do. It's why, Imagine, it's, why, it's why this right. team is here. Imagine what he's going to do with this with this schmuck, bro. He's he's probably fucking he's salivating at the he's mouth right now. Right. It's 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 palpable. The the coaching. I, you know, they were talking about how um, Van Gundy palpable. Was, yeah, was, they were talking about how Van Gundy was the original coach of the uh, Heat when Spolster was an assistant coach. When like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, who was on that team? Like Adonis Haslam, a young young Adonis Haslam, and all these guys. Well, I mean, you you could say that about any Heat team. Yeah, I guess he's been there for fifty years. He's still fucking like showing up. Just, yeah. <laughs> bro, a little bit more gray what, in the beard there, Adonis. This guy knows what he's talking about, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like anyway. Van Gundy's the coach, and Spolster's the assistant coach, and like the Mike Miller days. Yeah, right. Uh, Van Gundy's like, yeah, and you know what? I learned more from him than I think he learned from me, and he was the assistant coach. Ha ha ha! And I was like, yeah, no shit, Stan. You sucked at coaching. You sucked. Dan's, uh, I would take Stan, Stan Van Gundy as our head coach tonight. Yeah, me too. Tonight. Me too. What that quote meant was, I met Spo and was completely threatened for my job immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, immediately went, oh, shit, sense. this guy's going to take my job. He was, you know, he was like a wonder kid. And honestly, when he inherited that first super team, like, the, you know, the, the, all the stuff um, around, around. around. Well, well, you know what he did that was really smart? He kind of got out of the way. You know, he like, he, he sort of was like, I'm not going to insert myself into this situation. This, I, th- this is a lose lose for me. Like, if I really get involved, everyone's, and like, he knew that all the L's were going to be his fault because this is the ma- this is what happens when you play on a LeBron James team. The L's are your fault. The wins are his his responsibility, right? Like that's just how it works when you play with LeBron. Those are the early days, but he he played it really smart, man. He was like, well, and then they lost. You guys, just and play I your think, game. You're all great. And, and I think then they started that, listening to him a little right, bit. Right, and, and then I think that's what happened is they lost, and that was it. I mean. Uh-huh. The thing is, though, is like when you actually listen to Spo talk basketball, you're like, "Oh, this guy fucking knows basketball." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He says you, things you like, "You gotta, talk. you gotta find your or- offensive organization." <laughs> it's gym just te- he doesn't it's know the gym X's teacher and O's. talk, bro. It's gym teacher. Yeah. he doesn't know the fucking X's and O's. Here's another thing we really well, need can't to someone fucking teach him? Can't they hire someone that knows fucking X? Hire yeah, they could have dra- done that. They could hire done someone that. to draw on the clipboard. You know why he threw the fucking clipboard? Because he doesn't fucking draw on it. That's why. Because he doesn't fucking use it for anything. It's like fucking... Derek, have you ever seen him? Have Derek White picks up the clipboard and he's like, wait, this is just a picture of Joe <laughs> as a stick figure. <laughs> saying with a speech bubble, being like, organize yourselves offensively. And then like a rain cloud over his head. I'm like, wait, what is this, Joe? <laughs> oh my God. This is um, a thing just... I kept saying in the group chat was, uh, uh, and sometimes in capital letters, hey guys, great practice. Uh, it's it's oh a tough loss God. in game one. But everyone can go home when you make a thousand free throws. That's the script for the Celtics, man. I mean, dude, there was a point where we had missed eight free throws and we were down four points. And to me, it's just like the whole complexion, and that that, and we never got we never got back above the heat. It changes everything, no, hundred percent. I agree. It's the complexion of the game. It's momentum. It's when you're aware when, of the scoreboard. You know, when you miss a an and one opportunity, killer. bro, it's it's, it's so killer because. You know, and what always happens, it seems like, is when you miss those and ones, the other end is is another and one or a big play. Don't get like back quick enough. Yeah, it's something happens, man. And and yeah, it's so momentum killing. It's so bad. I know. I don't understand it though, because like again, it's it's all that mental toughness and locking in, dude. It's so predictable with this team. It's unbelievable. Like 
it, 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 within 10 minutes, you know if this is a bad night or a good night. Tonight, it took to the second half, but within two minutes of that second half, we're then like, now oh, we're fuck. back to blowing third quarters. Yeah, we let up third... 45 points in the third quarter. That's so stupid. Against, against, against this offense. Points in the third quarter. We know how Weren't to they the worst us? offense in the NBA in the first in the, yeah, in the regular, regular season? season. Yeah. Like bo- sure. bottom five. Yeah. They couldn't get the job done to play us in the first round against fucking Chicago, dude. Like yeah, they they lost to Atlanta in the playing right, game. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I mean. In the playing game. Yeah. So we played Atlanta first. You we wouldn't be sitting here fucking talking when we played them first. We would have gotten smoked. Yeah, we would have they would have beat us hundred percent. If we had have brought that Atlanta energy in and we hadn't been through fucking they would have beat Philadelphia, us. they would have beaten us in that first There's round. there's no, no they might have swept us. They might have swept oh us. My God. They, beat, they beat Milwaukee in five. So they might have swept us. Where are the adults? Where are the adults? Where are the grown ups? Yeah, Al, Al's trying. Al's, Al's like trying. the only one. Marcus, I gave credit to. Like the Marcus thing is, is like, out there trying his ass off tonight. When, when you have a peer doing that, it's so different because you've been in this kind of situation in a workplace, man, where you have you have your peer that that is the motivator, who's the, who's but you need the group the leader who kind of corral right. Right, but then you need the boss to take that to the next level to give you a plan to, to right execute. and 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 to to pass that and the the boss doesn't even have to tell the team the plan. He doesn't even have to tell the team the plan. Right, he tells that guy the plan, and they fucking go over it. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many different ways that it can be done, and there's it's just not happening here where there is there is no upper management. It's that situation where everyone doesn't know what the fuck to do, so that they're, they're they're like in that. Uh, fight or flight response all the fucking time, and and w- when it comes when it comes time to those big moments, bro. Sometimes you do stupid shit when you're in fight or flight. It's just the nature of what it is. You know what I mean? It's what uh, you said something about this in the Discord, and I'm looking at Twitter right now, and it's going crazy about it. What happened with YouTube TV? I've heard uh, it went down, bro. It middle of the game uh, during a, the Little Mermaid commercial. It just went down, and you couldn't get past that. I had to. I mean, everyone, wow. you know, your earmuffs. I had to stream the game off my old streaming Well, no, sites, they forced bro. your hand. They forced your hand. That, your right, phone. they made me do it. Dana White you were trying to be a Dana, good American. Dana White would have supported it. Like You were, you were trying to be you were trying to be a stand-up citizen, and they forced your fucking hand. What are you supposed to do? They yeah. should give everybody gift cards or something. That was a fucking crazy game. To, during, to during, right, during the Eastern Conference Finals, bro, get your shit together, YouTube. Yeah, you what the fuck shit. are you doing? What you do you, what you got, Joe Mazzula running the ship over there? <laughs> oh my god, that like could that? that guy couldn't manage a McDonald's. All right. Actually, you know what? I think managing McDonald's is probably really hard. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem it. Because how could you be how could you have motivated employees at a McDonald's? And there's nothing more like frustrating. all the fucking people. Yeah. But there's nothing more frustrating than having unmotivated employees when you're a manager. Know. You know, it's all it's it's almost like having an inept manager. I feel like this Celtics team wants is motivated. They want to be managed, they want to be led. They do, they, bro. They want, they, they want to be told they what they're supposed to be doing. They want to yeah. win, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got I a agree. couple couple points left here on the list. Well, I, yeah, we got to talk about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy bro. Butler's next, and then we're gonna preview game two somehow. I, I, don't I, know. I there's there's Go multiple ahead. lines in these notes that just says, "I hate Jimmy Butler." It's like it, it'll yeah, you be hate like him, but like he's five, such a five he's basketball such a points, quality, five like. basketball points, and then I hate Jimmy Butler. <laughs> five basketball points, fucking Jimmy Butler. It, he's so good, man. He's so good in the playoffs. He takes it to such a different level, man. And it's, it's, I, I've never seen anything like it. I was trying to think, like, during the game, if there's anyone I can correlate in any sport 
that has risen like he has in the playoffs. The only one I could come up with comparatively was Joe Flacco. To, do you mean like Joe Flacco where, but that was only once. That was only that one run that he did do that. You mean, do you mean like from where, like from the expectations to the reality? Like because from I what feel, he does I feel in like the regular Jimmy was, season to what he turns into in the because in the regular season yeah. he's not Eli he's Manning. Not, he's not a dominant. But he, I mean, yeah, maybe I guess I guess that's the closest you can come. I know you don't want to admit it because, like, you know, Eli Manning sucks deep down, and you think, yeah, good deep down. <laughs> but like, I guess that's the closest you can get, though, because yeah. it's such an elevation, man, from from regular season to playoffs. Because regular season Jimmy's good, but playoff Jimmy is like I I said, it's he's top five in the NBA, and there's no doubt about that. There's there's not many people I would put ahead of Jimmy Butler when it comes down to playoff time. He does you know exactly what, I mean? what he needs to do in every given situation. Every given situation. He's he so he's not exactly scared what we were talking about. He doesn't think. He just does it. And that's and it's the right is. thing. It's, and the, it's right. the right thing. Yeah. He doesn't need to be coached. He just react. He just he just does it. He's so fucking good. You know, have you ever heard the rumor that Michael Jordan is his dad? Yes. <laughs> like, I have heard that rumor, luck. man. I have heard that. I believe it. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking believe it. That man. But, yeah, he's one of the few players. Like, I remember when Kobe would give us 40 in the fucking finals, right? And I would still just be blind with rage. Like, I would still just be like, fuck him. Fuck his whole day. He sucks. Fuck his he car. Still sucks. Kobe fuck his swallows. Suck. Kobe uh, swallows. Yeah. 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 And yeah. LeBron James would give it to us in the fucking Eastern Conference finals. I'd be like, fuck him. He's corny as fuck. I still say this. Except for that man. game six. Except for that game six. No, always. I'm consistent as fuck with LeBron. I'm like, he's corny as fuck. He was fucking, I'm like, he's not that good. Fuck him. And it's all Celtics homer shit. Jimmy Butler is the only one that will give it to us like that in that game. And I'm like, you fucking deserve to win that game, Jimmy. You're a baller, bro. Like, you're he's the fucking such a baller, man, dude. Like, do you, you see the story too about what he did in the bubble? So they, they gave everyone like uh, four grand cash, right? And Noah could spend it. So he started like selling, I forget what, like coffee mugs or something oh, I haven't like heard that, right? Stuff. So he started selling coffee mugs because he literally was like, how do I hustle everyone out of this money? How do, <laughs> how do I get this money? So he started making these coffee mugs. He sold them for 20 bucks a piece, uh, you know, and, and we'd keep going. Finally, people started running out of 20s. Right. And, and then only hundreds would be there and he'd be like, oh, I got no change. So then he started getting a hundred bucks a fucking mug or whatever. I don't even know what he was selling. But like, bro, he's just the baller. Jimmy Butler is the man. And and he I really hate is. that we're playing him right now. <laughs> no, he really it's, is. It's, dude. It's, it's it's so frustrating and so hard to watch. You remember when like nothing you he can do. There's literally nothing he can do. Yeah. You remember when like like Kyrie was playing for the Nets at first when we like he was post Celtics, right? And like Kevin Durant and shit. And there was like kind of two sides to this podcast where it was like some people were saying like fuck Kyrie, he's gonna fuck the team up. And like you're kind of right, right? Like he does go fuck up teams. Uh, oh, Kevin Durant, he chases rings. Da, da, da. It's very like kids these days. Like I watch Sports Center today takes, but like they're not like 100% wrong. Like I would always just be like, I know, but like I love when they're Kyrie so Irving is just like playing basketball. Like I just fucking love watching Kyrie Irving play basketball. It's so much fun. He's a baller. Kevin Durant, like when he plays basketball, it's like I one of the like Kyrie's a different world. case, though. You know? Sure. I mean, nowadays, but like now, even when he went to the bad. Mavs, like even when he went to the Mavs, like there was a part of me that was going like, that was a pretty good fucking backcourt. Like I can't help myself with him sometimes. He's and so silky and fun went, to watch. Like, nine and of course, yeah. I mean, that was, he wasn't their only problem in Dallas. Yeah, but there's a lot of issues done there. It's an entirely different podcast. But uh, 
<laughs> but like to to say like the thing about basketball is like you you kind of can be a natural sports atheist with basketball sometimes like obviously we all want the Celtics to win like obviously we're diehard but you can sort of naturally progress into like a a, a nadir of of sports atheism where you're just like I don't know that guy he gave us like fucking fifty points like he just gave it to us and we had to take it we had to eat every single point we had to eat it eat the napkin yeah. we had to eat the plate that it was on we had to eat the tray. And Jim, Jimmy put his dick it. in the Celtics' yeah. mouth tonight. He put <laughs> his dick to... right in the mouth and it was like, suck that shit. We had to finish the right Dr. Now. Pepper and then we had to, and actually it was Mr. Pibb and there was nothing we could say. It was Mr. Pibb. Home. You know what? It wasn't even Mr. Pibb. It was I Dr. Said, Thank Bob. You, it was like, yeah. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? And and like, that's just like, I, but but honestly, the thing that annoys me about it is like, I love Jimmy Butler. I've always loved Jimmy Butler. I think he's a fucking baller. I think that like he makes... He finds out players like he finds out players on his team and says, like, you're not made of shit. Fuck off. I, you know, I love that about him. I wish everybody was like Jimmy Butler. I wish I could blame our loss tonight on Jimmy Butler's performance. I wish I could, but yeah, it's not. Can't. We shot yeah. ourselves in the fucking dick because we still, like, you know, for what? the entire night. We, we played like shit and still had that game by 10. So I said, I said, remember, I said this in uh, going into the second half where that was going to be a microcosm of this series. It was. It's either we're gonna come it out and stomp exactly on their throat. And then it, it turned out to be exactly. It turned out to be really shitty. So I should let's just. Hope I made a, a bet with Mike that we would have these guys in four or five, and he had six or seven. I should just pay him now, right? Yeah, you definitely uh, should pay him now. Yeah, because yeah. this is going six or seven. One hundred percent. Trying to try and get some double nothing action. They'll they'll come out and win game two. There's no doubt in my mind that we're gonna sure. win game two. It's it's sure. back to that where it's like, well, they won't lose two in a row. We're we're gonna, we're gonna win game two. We, we're, we're gonna, gonna win a we're not winning a final series, Bobby. If we hemorrhage two plus home yeah, games in every single series we Bro, play. Bro, you were up uh, ten in the you were up ten in the second half. You can in the Eastern Conference Finals. You cannot come out like that and expect to actually win a championship. Yeah, it's so it's it's just so funny because it, it, bro, we're in the same exact position as we were last year, right? We're, like literally, it's actually exactly it's, like the bubble. It's, it, the script, it's just the, exactly the like script, the bubble. <laughs> the script is already written, right? That's that. That's how I feel like what we're watching is, and it's like the the butterflies and the 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 happy feelings are nowhere to be found, like they were last year, man. Me, me and you last year, bro. We were we were defending the Celtics with fucking shamrock armor, like we had we had shamrock shields, and we were like, this this Celtics team is the greatest fucking thing. Because they were, they were made. They can something. go fuck themselves this year. I they know. can go. They they I can know. literally go fuck themselves this I year. It's, it's it pisses me off. Yeah, my dad and my brother were like, "What's the problem? What's the problem?" Just, it's and I was like, "They're fucking pussies. coaching. They're it's pussies. coaching." And my dad was like, "Don't say that on your podcast." And I was like, "They are. They're pussies, bro." But I was like, are. "I was like, you know what? I'm not worried about hearing from them because they're pussies." <laughs> the thing is, last year they weren't. They weren't pussies last year, no, and you know oh, yeah, why? Because their that. coach, because their coach wasn't a pussy, right? Yeah. He, he got pussy, but yeah. <laughs> he sure did. Um, now he's not our coach anymore. It's just uh, I, I still feel like we're in an alternate universe sometimes, man. Like something happened. We're in the worst timeline. Yeah, we're in the worst timeline possible. Yeah, because... Iron Man, Iron Man doesn't die to save civilization in this timeline. <laughs> no, <laughs> man. Just get taken over by Thanos. And and Joe Mazzula fucking is the head coach of the Celtics. Everything else, you'd be like, oh, well, that's different. Well, that's cool. Oh, and Emi, 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 whatever oh the fuck his gosh. name is. is he's not even coaching where he's still managing to butcher his name. <laughs> Poor Bobby. Listen, care about it. Uh, you know, I, 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 we're almost out of time. I was going to do an in-depth preview of game seven, but I think you sort of hit the nail on the head before. It's like, I mean, we know two. what games, we know our work of game two. Fuck it. I mean, I don't even know. For game seven, two. sure. I mean, whatever. Um, of game two, yes. Excuse They're going to win by 20. 
They're gonna win by the problem. The problem with game two is like they have to win. Like the only like it's not it's not even gonna put us in a good mood if they win. You know, it's not even gonna be like, oh well, yeah, we really came back. It will though because around. we're gonna like, whoop their ass because that's. I what hope we, we need do. to beat them by like forty, or otherwise I'm not gonna be satisfied. Uh, it's it's so predictable with this team, man. It really is because predictably it's... unpredictable though. You know, yeah. like so inconsistent yeah. at the same time. It's like as like, soon as they get you up, they're like, hey, fuck you, no. fuck you. It's like a toxic girlfriend. That's what. It, that's what being. They really are a fucking toxic girlfriend, bro. They give you right. that. You, you're ready to go, and then they give you that one blowjob that makes your toes go numb, and you're like, "Oh, bro, like how? how you go to your buddies. How am I gonna leave that, bro? What are you? All right, fuck it. I'll just patch the oh, hole I mean, in my wall. It'll be fine." <laughs> she took both balls, and you're like, "Bro, both balls." <laughs> uh, well, the Celtics. I have taken no balls tonight and had none. So uh, for myself, DK Sizzle, uh, for the real BK Bob Kelly, we will be back with more ball talk, um, basketball <laughs> talk. Uh, and honestly, I mean, I can't keep doing this. So uh, for myself and uh, the real BK Bob Kelly, thanks for listening to Missing the Point. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.